Welcome back to another edition of Chromatic Distortion. This is your host, Corey Caesar. It's September 6, 2018. It's a Thursday. And it's also the first Thursday of the NFL season. All you football fans that have been waiting, this is your time to shine, good boy. But uh, anyway, this is episode 12. I think we're calling it the Taboo and You. It's uh, it's basically just about a little bit of taboo food, some taboo sexual preferences uh, around the world, and some uh, just some taboo behaviors. It's about an hour. Um, I also dabbled into the drug aspect. Just a, just a hair just touched on it, but it was getting long. It was getting about an hour, so I wanted to stop it because I'm going to do a whole other episode probably next week or the week following about DMT and just some psychedelic uh, tripping in society and society of past and society of present and just see how that's affected um, different theologies and shit, um, you you know, throughout civilization. So that's going to be a cool episode. I didn't want to get too deep in it. Um, So just do a whole episode on that, which would be cooler, I think, than try to spread that one out to like an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes because they've been getting a little long. So other than that, man, just make sure you are liking, following, and subscribing uh, to any platform you're listening to this on, and also that you're following those uh, the social media platforms, the Instagram and Facebook page. We've been having a lot of listens lately. We're up to like 700 listeners now, just just under that 700 mark. I appreciate we've been growing. We're getting more every week. Um, so yeah, just continue to listen. Keep telling your friends. And just like and subscribe, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, so let's just get into it. Once again, this is Chromatic Distortion, episode 12, The Taboo in You. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion with Corey Caesar. What's going on, you little titty babies? Welcome back. Hope you all enjoyed your uh, your Labor Day. Hope you had a good Labor Day. I did. And uh, I'm actually still on vacation right now. Not sure when I'm going to put this one out, but right now it's Wednesday. And uh, I'm on vacation until Friday, so that's nice. I've been off all week. I'll go back Friday, be off the weekend again. Can't really beat it. But, uh... Yeah, so I just wanted to give get you guys another episode. I told you guys I was going to do an episode while I was on vacation. We're going to do like a taboo episode. We're going to talk about some taboo shit. Some, uh, some taboo foods. Things that people eat around the world. Um, a little sex. A little um, behavior. Some taboo behaviors. And uh, maybe even a little bit of drugs. Some taboo drugs. I don't know. How, I'm going to try to keep this one around like an hour, though. So if it gets a little long, I'll just break it up in two spots. I'll do like two of those categories for part one. And then part two will just be a double, uh, the, the second two. Because I know those last two episodes have been pretty long. So that uh, episode 10, that serial killer edition about the uh, the Night Stalker. That guy was uh, two and a half hours in this last episode, episode 11. That was like an hour and a half. And I didn't even have nothing planned. I just talked. That one was the little political one. Uh, be heard, not herded. But um, that one actually jumped up. Had a lot of listens already. And realistically, we've had a lot of listens and uh, listeners in the last like five days straight. It it my graph it usually like peaks up and then dips down real quick. Like I have a bunch of listens one day, and then it'll dip down, and then I'll get another like. You know, to kind of stay down for a couple of days, then you get another big jump, and then it'll drop right back down. But the last like five days, it's been it went up, and then it's just stayed up. So that graph's getting sideways, and I like that sideways. Oh, I always I always turn them sideways, you know. 
hit it from different angles. But, uh, so yeah, man, there's just, uh, some, like, I'm going to try to keep it around an hour. So, uh, we'll just start off and we'll just, you know, we'll just see where it goes. Cause, uh, these are my, my favorite podcasts. We just kind of just do it and then we just kind of see where it goes. And, uh, so there's actually, you know, there's a lot of things, obviously, that us as Americans, especially, uh, find taboo where other places around the world is just kind of normal. And the big one that probably jumps out in everyone's mind, because it was the first thing that jumped into my mind, was insects. I mean, we all have that notion that other people eat insects, but you know that 80% of the world's population, 80% eat insects as a source of protein. That's crazy. They eat them bugs. But it almost makes sense because that's such a renewable source, right? Because like insects, they just, they're just always here. It's always fucking insects. Hate bugs. Or like, uh, even just the way you, even just the way you shit, man. It's like 1.2 billion people, they squat. They squat the shit. So we sit down on a toilet. A lot of the world just squats. Because you have like a, uh, like there's like that muscle, that pelvic muscle. And when you sit down, it naturally pinches it off. So you don't like shit your pants. So, like, when we shit, we're kind of pinching our colon. So, we're, like, squeezing our poo out like uh, like you're doing it out of toothpaste. That's probably why our poo's a little runnier. But a lot of, like, Asian countries and shit, you actually just squat down shit in a hole. It's literally like their bathroom's, like, more like a toilet on the ground. So, you don't actually sit on it. You just kind of uh, squat over it and shit. But uh, back to those bugs, you know, that you're going to want to eat once you listen to this and then... Squat and shit them out because that's how you're supposed to get rid of them. So I just kind of like run through these kind of quickly so we can move on. Um, but there's like 1,700 types of bugs eaten in 113 countries. That's crazy. 1,700 types of bugs. How many meats can you name that you eat? Like seven? Like seven types of meat? There's ants. People eat ants. People eat bee larvae. Like little bee babies. They just pick them out and just eat them. Beetles. People eating them big ass beetles. Fuckers, you ever squash a beetle, one of them giant beetles? All that like, that green gunk comes out of them, man. Just imagine picking up a beetle and sticking it in your mouth, man. You're like, yummy. There's that 13 calories I needed right there. It's going to get me uh, 27 steps down this road I'm walking. You know? And then I'll just pick up another beetle. I'm going to get me another 27 steps out of it. Or maybe you're walking around and you find yourself a little caterpillar. You pick that caterpillar up and eat it. People eat caterpillars. Cicadas. And then the one that everyone knows, because you've seen it probably on like Fear Factor a hundred times, so eating them big-ass cockroaches, dude. What? And motherfuckers eat that shit live dude and them hissing cockroaches those things are huge dude and then i know they sell crickets everywhere people eat crickets everywhere grilled and shit i've had a cricket i'm not gonna lie guys not that bad i've had a cricket uh dragonflies people eat dragonflies people eat that fucking fly uh poopa you know that fucking that that fly larva just before it becomes an adult you know it's in that little sack and people just pick them up, throw some fucking olive oil on those bad boys, and then just eat them. And this is considered, like, normal. Like, this is a normal thing. Grasshoppers and shit. June bugs. These things can't even fly. My grandma says she, when she was a kid, those June bugs, they're those big-ass beetle-looking bugs that are flying around in the summer. They can't fly straight. They hit everything. They, like, they seem like they're drunk. My grandma says they used to tie, like, little strings around their feet, like their leg. When they were kids, and then the Jumbo would just fly around. They would hold it like a little pet. Right? <laughs> People eat them fucking locusts, man. Mealworms. Fucking midge flies. Pill bugs. That's fucking disgusting, dude. Those are the roly polies, man. People eat those roly polies. Fucking scorpions. Silkworms. Stink bugs. Tarantulas are big. 
I mean, a tarantula, I get it. Tarantula's big, a little bit of protein. You know, they got those little legs. And if it's anything like uh, calamari, I like the I like the little tentacle part. They get crunchier than the big body part. And it's just more flavor to me. I like those little tentacles. Some people like the tentacles. I like the tentacles. There's a shit ton of people in fucking Africa and Indonesia that eat termites. What about those, you, you know those stick bugs? What if there's, there's a giant one called the walking stick. And people eat those too in Asia and New Guinea. Their legs are so fucking barbary or barbie, however the fuck you want to say it. They got little little spikes on them. They, they peel those legs off before they eat them and then they use them as a fishing hook. What? Talking about using every part of the insect. No waste there, guys. People eat them wasps. Fucking uh, grubs and shit. All kinds of weird insects. Everybody's eating insects. Everyone knows that. But are you eating insects? Probably not. Neither am I. So I ain't mad at you. It's not that appetizing to me. But if it came down to it, I'd eat some insects. There was no more food. I'd eat some insects. That little spider crawling around. Dropping down from the ceiling that little, little, onto your neck. I'd be eating that bitch. But uh, let's talk about some more substantial types of foods, right? Some more substantial types of uh, protein, if you will. And the first one that's big is that Mr. Ed, you know, people eat horse. Yes, little Geronimo. Did you know that uh, the eight leading horse meat producing countries produce about 700,000 pounds of horse meat? A year. 700,000 pounds of horse meat. That means this horse meat... Uh, dude, that, dude, that means that horse meat's filling a gaping gap for world hunger, guys. Think about that. That horse filling gaps. And China produces like 200,000 of those 700,000 pounds. So the Chinese, they don't give a fuck. They're eating horses. And like I said, people are eating that shit all over the world, not only in Central Asia, but also in parts of uh, Europe and South America even, like the dabble in that equestrian sausage. Then these motherfuckers are wiping it down, washing it down with some snake blood wine. Snake wine is another one of those particular beverages that can be found predominantly in Southeast Asia and traditional Chinese medicine even believes that this wine has some restorative and uh, invigorative properties that it like makes you stay young and shit and like gives you some vitality. So these motherfuckers are catching and and realistically Asia eats a lot of weird foods. They do a lot of weird shit. But uh, they're drinking that snake wine, man. It's fucking weird. The blood of snakes. And there's like a, a couple varieties of snake blood wine. And this is going to sound disgusting, dude. They actually, like, one of them steeped in, like, a mixed version. And the steeped version involves, like, dropping large, like, large snakes, basically, into a jar of of rice wine, which is basically, like, sake. And uh, it's usually has a bunch of other, like, smaller snakes and, like, some, some herbs and shit. And then it's left to steep for like several months. Months, guys. Not days, months. As the wine absorbs what they consider the goodness from the snakes. Dude, it's like having like a splitzer or your morning uh, uh, mimosa to uh, help you ladies with that horse meat hangover. You know, you just ate yourself some horse meat. Got a little drunk on that horse. That horse took you for a ride. You woke up feeling a little wheezy, a little light on your feet, a little light in the head. So you go in and it's like, let me get that little spritzer of uh, of snake blood. That little mimosa. Or some people drink that shit just straight up. They just cut the head off. Pour the blood straight into a, a shot glass. Bottoms up. Do a little toast. Then there's a 
some people eat this shit called uh 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 ortolan and i don't even know if i'm pronouncing that right or not guys ortolan it's o-r-t-o-l-a-n and it's also known as an ortolan bunting and it's basically just a, a tiny bird that lives in europe and like uh western asia but it's also considered a rare delicacy to them fucking weird ass french people un francois you know and uh so much so that the french have consumed it uh in such gusto that this poor little bird is basically in decline in most of these areas like they're just fucking harvesting these little birds and what they're doing to these birds is they're capturing these things alive right and then they're blinding them and then kept in a darkened cage to disrupt their feeding habits right because they want them to get fat so they force feed them like oats and uh and millet like worm millet uh to make it swell up to like these ridiculous proportions it's like this big ass fat bird can't even like fucking move anymore and then uh after you know that measure of cruelty the birds <laughs> it's then drowned in brandy and then subsequently roasted before it's eaten which is another thing of its own but think about that they just take this live bird they just drown it in some brandy like let's just let's just get this fucker drunk real quick while it dies at least it has one good rodeo as it goes out so then like i said when they so when you eat this thing this ortolan you know it's kind of like a, a ritualistic in nature almost and the diner is basically required to place a napkin over their face just like that bird was blinded now they wanted you to be blinded they and then you either like place the entire bird inside your inside uh your mouth you know with only the beak and the head part out unless sometimes i guess sometimes they prepare it they cut the head off already you know before serving but you just like have that little head protruding and then you you basically just bite off its head eat the body and you, you 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 chew this fucking tiny corpse uh for like minutes on end. And it's supposed to have like multiple uh savoring flavors that wash over your tongue. They say it's delightful. Dude, fuck that. That's disgusting. First of all, just the way you prepare it's disgusting. Then you got some shit called the uh, Kasu Marzu. This is a little bit of a blasphemy towards cheese. Because Kasu Marsu is um, one, of these, one of these things that's fucking considered a delicacy by the local populace. And this time the local populace is Sardinia, Italy. Alright? And you know when the locals start uh, colloquially calling something maggot cheese, something ain't quite right. I mean, even the name of the cheese, Kasu Marzu, literally translates as rotten cheese in Sardinian. So these motherfuckers are literally making this disgusting-ass cheese that smells like fucking nasty-ass cheese. And we, we've, all, we've all smelled that nasty cheese, that Saganaki. Who's ate at a Greek restaurant and they came out with that Saganaki? That's goat cheese and they light it on fire. And it goes by and it smells like fucking rotted feet. Like, man, dude, you need to clean your socks. Shit smells disgusting. So, basically, um, what you gotta do to make this crazy cheese, uh, um, these alchemists of Sardina, they make this crazy cheese, and what they do is they sacrifice an innocent uh, uh, pecorino cheese. Okay, and they, what they do is they force it to go past its sanitary level. That's all you got to even know about it. How, you just know how disgusting it is. They let it go past a sanitary level of standard cheese fermentation. Because all cheese ferments. It's, it's mold. Into what uh, most likely most people would call a decomposition, bro. That's right. It's rotting. As in dead. And then this is aided by the introduction of insects. So they're taking this cheese, they're letting it melt, uh, ferment, 
get nasty, and then they stick insects, and more specifically, the cheese flies, the maggots, bro. They throw maggots in it, like from rotted meat. You know, maggots, these fucking cheese flies, bro. And these Sardinian cheese makers, they willingly introduce the larva of this cheese fly into their deliberately festering uh, pecorino cheese. And it's either that, or they even let a female sometimes, they'll just let it lay eggs in there with around 500 at a time into the cheese. And, and upon hatching, or once they stick these larvas in there, this nightmare swarm of larvae, do they begin to digest the cheese? They just start eating it, kind of like they're eating rotten flesh. And during this phase of this making process, as we'll call it, the cheese actually weeps for the life it could have led as that beautiful potential picorino cheese. And it literally leaks, guys. It's prone to leaking. And more specifically, it's a liquid that is known uh, as lagrima or tears. It just like drips. And they say it's crying as it's being eaten by these larvae, dude. Right? Would you eat that stinky ass cheese? How would you like to have a burger with that on it? Fucking disgusting. Then you got some shit called Beilut. Alright? And this is one I'm sure a lot of you have heard of. It's a dish found mainly in the Philippines. Right? And it's parts of uh, Southeast Asia. And what that is, is a hard-boiled duck egg. Now, that don't sound that bad, right? So it's a hard-boiled duck egg. No big deal. You know, that sounds innocent enough. Until you find out this egg is fertilized because you know our eggs and if you've listened to uh, an episode you know we we talked about fertilization of uh chicken eggs and shit um the chicken eggs we eat they just ain't fertilized chicken just pops it out anyway so you eat it it's never going to be a chicken but these are so these are fertilized and they actually allow these to develop up to 16 to 20 days before it's cooked so by this point the embryo will have become distinctively duck-like Sometimes even complete with body parts like eyes, beaks, and even feathers, guys. Even feathers. And you are essentially eating a duck fetus in utero. I mean, that's what I mean, what else would you call it? And once you've cracked the egg and you peel like a bit of the top off, you notice like a clear broth. And some find it so savory that they only drink that and leave the rest. So they only drink that little clear broth like a little warm duck shot, you know. Some add salt and vinegar uh, before eating it and they drain out that nasty ass uh, amniotic fluid broth before eating it. So some just suck it down. They just drink that broth, leave the eggs. Say, fuck that duck. I I just wanted that little duck sauce shot. And then others just dump that sauce out even, pour a little vinegar and salt on it, eat the bird or the duck. Now, most eat it whole or in one or two bites. So, And some people like pick little pieces off and eat it because they don't want to see the whole duck, I guess. And uh, all I'm saying is you better hope it didn't use that fucking Muscovy duck. All right. Now, if you guys remember that Muscovy duck, that was in episode four. Hey, what's up, duck? We talked about that dude. And uh, if you get a Mustavi, a Muscovy duck uh, egg, then you might get that duck dick uh, wrapped around your tonsils and choke a little bit. Death by duck dick. Because if you remember correctly, that duck has a, it's one of the few birds left that still has a dick. And that thing's like three quarters of its body. It just dangles out like a little uh, spiral straw or a little curly fry from Arby's. You know, the good one, the spiral one. And that thing just that thing might wrap around a tonsil or something. Might wrap, wrap around your esophagus. Just be like, how did, uh, how did he die? He uh, choked on a duck dick. He'd be like, what? Choked on a duck dick? Yeah, he got a duck dick wrapped around his esophagus. Couldn't breathe. Didn't have any snake wine to wash it down. He was just getting ready to eat some fucking uh, 
some horse meat and decided to have a little appetizer and died on a duck dick. That'd be a great, that'd be a great eulogy. It'd be a great way to die. I might have to look into that someday when I'm 84. So, uh, anyway, Baloo, um, it's actually traditionally seen as like a, a post-sundown snack. It's like big with the younger crowd. And the joke being it's easier to avoid looking at the embryo in the dark, but there are a few other possible reasons why it's consumed at night, and that's basically because it's considered, uh, you know, a mini meal that creates a lot of heat and energy in the body, if you will. You know? And, uh, it, it's kind of developed a reputation as an aphrodisiac. You know? With, uh, claims that it stiffens the knees. You know, amongst other things. And it's a typical, actually a typical red light district. Um, it's right there all the time, I guess. It's, a. Uh, You'll see a, a few a few uh, street vendors alongside, you know, some other services that are being offered in the area. If you know what the red light district is, so you go get ahead and get you go get you that duck egg, and then get you a girl or a dude or whatever you're into. Then you got that fucking Kiviak, Kiviak, sick guys. So Kiviak, now we're gonna start getting into some like nasty, nasty shit. So Kiviak is it's a traditional uh winter food food and it's consumed uh by these by the greenlandic uh inuits and that's eskimos from greenland if you guys didn't know what inuit was and uh i think they're i, I believe they're citizens of denmark so kiviak now kiviak may look like it's a a, a seal uh like a seal's carcass stuffed with um like these whole uh, fermented birds and the reason why it looks like that is because that's what it is right so kiviak is uh it's like it's relatively simple to make it's first you collect approximately 400 ox and it's a-u-k-s and they're actually if you don't know what that is they're basically superficially similar to a penguin all right because they have like black and white uh the same black and white colors they got that upright posture and they have like the same habits, so they don't. If they fly a little bit better than a penguin, but they're made for diving. They dive in, hunt, fish that way through the sea and shit. But uh, nevertheless, um, they're actually not closely related to penguins. They just look like them, and that's basically um, it's basically an example of a moderate. Uh, convergent evolution. If you didn't know, convergent evolution is the process where organisms uh, not closely related independently evolve uh, similar traits as a result of having to adapt to like uh, similar environments or like uh, ecological niches, basically. Because they both like hunt. You know, they're in the same kind of climate. They look alike. They're not the same bird. They don't. Even, they're not even a relative, but because of evolution, they basically look alike because they are in the same area and need to have this. They have the same needs. That's how fucking beautiful evolution is, right? So, uh, anyway, you have like, uh, so you have like, uh, 400 of these ucks now. Then you stuff them. I'm talking beaks, feather, feet, and all into like the, literally the hollowed out body, uh, the body cavity of a seal. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Tauntaun style for you Star Wars fans, if you know what Tauntaun is, right? It's a sleeping bag, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Someone wears it. It's an animal, but they wear it as a sleeping bag. And uh, next, you basically press out like as much air as possible from this carcass of seal, and then you seal it with seal grease, actually, to prevent spoilage. And that's kind of comical to prevent spoilage because. It's exactly what you're about ready to let this thing do. So, finally you cover the meat bag. We'll call it a meat bag. You know, a seal meat bag. With a large rock pile. You just basically cover it with a large rock pile. And you let it sit there, guys. Uh, and this is no joke. You let it sit there from anywhere from three 
to 18 months. And I did not say days. I said 3 to 18 months. You might have this fucking seal carcass with these fucking birds in it for 18 months, guys. Fucking disgusting. Now, during this time, these birds, these ucks, ox, these little penguins, they ferment within the seal until they can be eaten raw. They don't even cook it after this. And then like thanks to that layer of fat within the seal sack. These little birds they soften. While they ferment. Allowing every part of the bird save the feathers. To be consumed. Disgusting. And that's a common theme around the world. Is people eat fermented food. A lot of rotted food. Which we just do not do here in America. Super taboo. And people eat all, like I said, all kinds of fermented shit. And I'm going to butcher this name right here, guys. It's Surstroming. Surstroming. S-U-R-S-T-R-O-M-M-I-N-G. Which is basically a light, uh, a lightly salted fermented Baltic Sea herring. Everyone knows what a herring is. And that's eaten and sweetened. And they let that shit rot for about six months before eating. You got the Hanji Ho. And I'm not talking uh, about eating a hoe. I'm talking about Hanji Ho, which is another type of fermented fish dish um, from Korea that smells literally like hot piss It's uh, that itself has been fermenting in uh, a park outhouse. You know, that porter potty. And everyone knows what that hot piss smells like when it's been fermenting in a porter potty. At least us dudes do. That hot park bathroom you walk into, it smells like a fucking zoo. That's that hot piss. So that's what this Hanji Ho smells like. And it smells like piss because it's made with these skates. And skates is a fish that excrete um, uric acid through the skin. Rather than urinating as other animals do. So they basically just push their feces out the skin and this is the fish that they're allowing to ferment and eat and the Japanese for instance eat a bunch of fermented fish dishes some they hang in jars like little fermented fish lanterns just got like little jars of fermenting fish hanging around they're getting ready to eat like that one should be ready next month guys it's gonna be a delicious fish caught that one two winters ago and uh, speaking of fermented fish you know fuck it that's a great segue to start talking about some taboo sexual practices around the world also and to be honest most of these sound basically like a bunch of horny perverted fucking old men who got together and try to figure out like some way to pass these ladies around. It, it really does. It's kind of weird. So, you know, there's a lot of bizarre, like weird sex rituals from around the world. All, you know, from uh, reproduction to recreating and beyond. I mean, sex has a place in every culture around the world, guys. Let's not kid ourselves. And frankly speaking, without it, there would be no culture around the world because you got to reproduce, right? But people um, do weird, out-of-the-ordinary sexual customs and shit. Like, for instance, um, some people uh, exchange wives to confuse evil spirits. What if I told you that? Remember how I said that this sounds like a bunch of old creepy men Kind of just figure out a way how to swap wise, basically, in the first cooks. And people living in, like, Arctic regions of North America, even, and East Siberia, have these certain strange practices in common. And they believe that by exchanging wives, they can change the individual's identity and literally confuse the evil spirits during a catastrophe. Also, Siberian Eskimos believe that contact with a menstruating woman so that woman on her period 
on that sauce, you know, um, maybe even contaminating them, guys. And <laughs> it may contaminate them so much that when they go out uh, to see the fish, they're going to drown. So they don't even go near these women when they're menstruating. And like I said, it's not like a bunch of old dudes were just like, how can we get our women to not be around us when they're on that blood and uh, when they're on their period and they're a little emotional and I don't really want to deal with it right now. So they kind of pushed them away. It's real dickish of you guys, but I, I get it. How about uh, another another one for uh, you old old fucking dudes? There's these sex rituals where a community where brothers share a wife. So there was a uh, there was an article in Psychology Today. Um, almost all of the few polyandrous societies practice what anthropologists call fraternal polyandry where a group of brothers share a wife. And this is the case in the Himalayas, where um, there's a little land available for farming and agriculture. So families with more than one son would be faced with dividing up their land where each son to start its own family on. So they had to come up with a solution, right? Because they didn't have that much land. So they had a bunch of kids. They didn't want to... It's like... Oh, I can't really give you, like, I got six sons, right? Y'all six can't have families on this land with six different wives. So the solution is just find one wife for all their sons. And that's the norm there, guys. And then you got some strange ritual from Indonesia where they celebrate this holiday called Pong. And seven times a year, basically every other month, uh, celebrants make a pilgrimage to Java, which is a sacred mountain, to perform a ceremony of good fortune through, you guessed it, intercourse. They fucking. Now, to receive such a blessing, participants must spend the night having sex with, you guessed it, someone other than their husband or wife. They a bunch of swingers, dude. Just a bunch of swingers want to get their rocks off, coming up with stupid ideas to trick the not-so-smart into doing the same shit that they're into, getting their rocks off. Some modern-day swingers, man. We do it. That's not that taboo anymore, I don't think. Swinging's not that taboo. I wouldn't do it, but I don't think it's that taboo anymore. So, however, though, in this tradition... Their wishes will only come true if they have sex with the same person during all seven celebrations. That means that they're going to meet up with some other person, bang them out. Now, if they want everything to come true, they got to keep banging that same person. That's a cheat, dude. That's a cheat. You just cheated for all, all year. So all year they fucking that one other girl. How many people left their wives after that? Because that pussy was better on the other side. Or vice versa, how many ladies left their man because that dude had a better dick. Maybe he had that duck dick. And then in other places, instead of sharing their wives, these dudes, they just say, fuck it, we're going to steal a wife. So in uh, Wadabi, a Wadabi tribe of, Ni- uh, of Niger in West Africa, men are known to steal each other's wives. Now in the Wadabis, they first marriage is arranged by their parents at infancy. So basically, as they're born, they already know who they're going to be getting married to. However, they have like this yearly, it's a festival. Oh, excuse me, guys. It's called like a, a jiri roll. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to say it. G-E-R-E-W-O-L. Now, what happens here is these Wadabi men, they wear like these elaborate makeup and costumes and they dance to oppress the women. So they're just basically having a, a stomp off, you know. And uh, literally they're just hoping to steal a new wife. And if this new couple uh, is able to steal away 
uh, steal away undetected, they become socially recognized. So basically, um, if you can pull her out without your wife noting, uh, noticing, you could take her back home and then it's socially acceptable. Y your wife. Boom. See ya. Or how about in ancient Egypt, self-stimulation by a god was considered an act of creation and uh, a tome was believed to have created the universe by releasing himself. According to sex and society, even the ebb and flow of the Nile was thought to be caused by uh, Autumn's ejaculation. The concept spurred the Egyptian pharaohs to uh, ritually release themselves into the Nile to ensure an abundance of water. So these pharaohs, do they circle jerked into the Nile River, guys? Because they thought that it would bring them an abundance of water, dude. Think about that. These guys really believed this shit. That they were that powerful. I'm just throwing my fucking sperm into the river. And people are going to, uh, we're going to have water for our crops. And then there's this remote tribe in uh, Papua New Guinea which seems like a case study in the ultimate consequences of sexual revolution. Kids there start having sex at a very young age without any social stigma. However, while everybody is free to indulge in sexual activities whenever they want, premarital meal sharing is a big no-no. So you're not supposed to go out to dinner together until after you get married. So it's the exact opposite of us, guys. Papa Guinea. Where you fuck first, go out to dinner second. Right? How fucked up is that? So their whole stigma is, I can't have, uh, I can't have that burger with you. I can't have that medium rare steak with you. Until after one, we bone for a while. And two, we get married. So I'm not even going to have to buy you dinner. I'm not going to have to buy you dinner. I'm just going to bang you out for a while. And then if we get married, then I'll buy you dinner. How about that? You like that one, girls? Would that be uh, would that be kosher for us men that you hate so much here in America? Or how about uh, how about in Australia, some Aborigine worship a spirit of sex called um, Kananjia, Kanija. Kananija. I don't fucking know. K-A-N-A-N-I-J-A. -A -A. Man, it's that Kananinja. 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 Dang, I can't even... Dude, that's a hard-ass word, bro. And I'm too lazy to look it up right now to see the real pronunciation. But uh, in this ceremony, they conduct a ritual exchange of wives. Here's another... Let me exchange wives with you. Um, in the marriage system, they believe it as purifying. Some societies host feasts with ceremonial orgies, bro, and public copulation. Like, let's just come to get together. Let's all start fucking. And if my wife likes you better and I like this chick better, we're just going to rotate. Why not? Fuck it. In a number of tribes in Eastern Africa and Peruvian Indians, a strange custom prevails they actually sewed and clasped together the labia majora to prevent intercourse before marriage. A small opening is basically left just for urination. This custom is known as infibulation. They basically just sew those vagina lips together, right? And in, uh, how about in northern uh, Bougainville, there is one polygamous society in which the girls and women directly and intentionally expose themselves completely as a means of inviting sexual activity. Basically just walking around naked and shit, guys. They can't do that in America. Taboo. How about uh, in, in Ghana? This tribe requires a widow to cleanse herself of a spirit of her dead husband literally by spending the night with any stranger. So basically just... Any random dude, here's another guy making these laws, these rules, these weird rituals. Gotta bang a dude out, get your dead husband off you. 
right? How about in South Africa? There's the, another polygamous society that has a taboo against daylight intercourse because otherwise people would behave like dogs, they, they claim. They also avoid sex during a storm or after a bad dream or after the husband uh, has killed, of all things, a python, crocodile, or a hyena, those three animals specifically. People are weird, guys. People are weird. People have weird rituals. Or here's one for you uh, for you women who think men in America are so horrible. Um, it's common in some tribes of Congo and Sudan. They punish a woman's adultery, so you fuck another dude. They punish your adultery by killing both the wife and her lover. Or they just mutilate the lover. One of the two. But she are dead. It's the norm. How about that chastity trouser? In northern eastern uh, northeastern Siberia, there's still a society that requires their daughter to wear that chastity uh, belt in the form of a heavy leather uh, leather trousers to prevent their virginity, uh, preserve their virginity until marriage. Think about that. Still wearing those chastity belts. Tony, man, people all over the world are way behind us, guys. So horrible here in America. Oh, here's one. Here's one for all those uh, those Catholic priests for a little re- reprieve for them because apparently religion and sex making people do shit for you sexually is a big part of religion because a strange religious practice has been traced as far back as the 5th century BC. It was common in India, Babylonia, Arabia, Africa, and Greece and what happened there was these women dedicated themselves to fertility gods and goddesses. And what that meant was these women performed sexual acts with, you guessed it, priests, or in some instances even, with worshipers inside the temple. You just go there, get your dick sucked. And on this basis, it's believed that prostitution itself may have been started as a sacred rite connected with religion, and then later it became uh, secularized. How crazy is that? Basically, we just got a lot of freaks out there, man. A lot of people just want to have a lot of sex. I want to sex you up. Yeah, it's true, man. We all just want to bang, man. How about some of those, uh, how about some of those taboo activities, dude? Let's fucking just, let's just, let's just, I'm going to just go down the list real quick. Let's knock these off real quick. Um, some some activities that are taboo um, to some people, but normal in other societies. One of them is we since we've been, since we're on it, adultery, sexual intercourse with someone other than your spouse is cool in some countries, not in others. How about that bestiality or uh, uh, zoophilia, which is sexual relations between a human and animal, goes on everywhere. Um, bigotry, it's allowed in some parts, frowned upon in others. How about blood products? Like Jehovah Witnesses are forbidden to use blood products, including blood transfusions. You're Jehovah Witness, you need a blood transfusion. Guess what? You're dead. Can't do it. God said no. How about cannibalism? Yep, people are still eating other human beings, right? And it's normal in some cultures, obviously not normal in others. Everyone knows about that circumcision. You know, cutting off that that little that little penis flap. Flowers, even flowers, guys. Given an even number of flowers is taboo in Russia because they are for the dead, not the living. Don't give a girl no flowers with six roses in it. Better be five, right? Don't ask that florist for a half dozen. You want five. Or if you're a big spender, tell that bitch you want a baker's dozen, not a dozen because your girl ain't dead. How about... uh? How about f- just fornication in itself? Sexual relations between people not married to one another. Sometimes it's, it's frowned upon. Other times it's almost like you should do it. Sensationalized, if you will. Even gestures or certain gestures are considered obscene. And some uh, cultures and others don't find it obscene. Even, in, even crazy shit like head position. 
In Indonesia, for instance, it's taboo to have your head higher than another person. So if you're walking with your dad and you're taller than him, you got to duck your head, bro. Duck your head lower than your father's because he's your elder. How about uh, homosexuality, obviously? Frowned upon in some, in some cultures, okay in others. Illegal drugs, we're going to get into some of those. Incest. Infanticide, killing an infant. Cool in some, Chinese used to kill babies, guys. Could only have men. Or whatever that law was, they were killing. Anytime you had a, a, a woman baby... Your child was going to be a girl. She gone. Got uh, uh, inter-religion marriages even frowned upon in some countries. Masturbation frowned upon in some countries. Some some cultures, uh, matricide's okay, and that's killing one's mother. How about murder? Murder's okay in some cultures, not okay in others. Necrophilia. Banging out a dead corpse. Getting that thriller on. Even offensive language. Along with that fucking matricide, how about patricide? Killing the father too. Some kind of cultures you just kill parents. Pedophilia. Fucking perverts. We just round all them up and kill them. Polygamy. Pornography. Fucking... Sex selective abortion we just talked about. Slavery. People are still being slaves and it's okay in some countries. Suicide. Wearing shoes inside even. Some of them Asian countries were super disrespectful wear shoes inside. Especially Japan. When I went to that uh when I went to that samurai museum, I had to take my shoes off. Had to walk around. Bare feet or with socks on. You know, you got them bodily functions like belching, defecation, flatulence, menstruation, nose bleeding in public, spitting, urination. Some cultures cool, some cultures say it ain't cool. The theme of this is we're all different, we all have different ideas on how we should live. And speaking of how we should live, how about them taboo drugs? I'm on the beliefs that we should decriminalize drug use. And Portugal is actually that first country that has decriminalized the possession of small amounts of drugs. And they've actually had positive results. Anyone caught with any type of drug in Portugal, if it is for personal consumption, is not imprisoned. Which I think is great. I mean, if they're, who cares? Listen. If they're not hurting you, if they're not going out robbing, stealing, if they have means of getting it, if they're not breaking the law, if they're not having to go to the shady parts of the town to get it, if they're not having to commit like bigger crimes in order to do it, if it's not if it's not affecting you, who gives a fuck? Mind your business, Becky. But drugs is one of those things that some places in the world it's it's cool. Certain drugs are cool, and let's just. Let's just hit some. So, like, for instance, caffeine and alcohol. You know, they're they're a drug. And they're a big form of modern-day cultures. But then, that's actually illegal in other, in other countries. So, you act like, oh, man, I just got, you know, just a little bit of caffeine, a little bit of alcohol. Guess what? Illegal in some places. So, before you knock these other drugs, take a look at your life. You drinking that wine? You drinking that pop? You eating that sugar? Guess what? You're doing a drug. So just because you think these other drugs are so horrible, you know, keep an open mind. One of those drugs is CAT. K-H-A-T. And it's grown mostly in the Horn of Africa and in the Arabian Peninsula. And it's Katha Edulis, which is also known as CAT or Quat Quat Cat. I don't know how to really fucking pronounce it, dude. Q-A-T. Or K-H-A-T is what, however you want to spell it. And it's basically just a green-leafed shrub that contains um, amphetamine-like stimulant uh, cathinine. You know, it's used recreationally 
uh, for millennia. And its effects include excitement, euphoria, and loss of appetite. What's wrong with that? That sounds great. I mean, I like to be excited. I like to feel euphoria. Sometimes you don't want to eat. You know, maybe you just, maybe you're on a little bit of that diet. You got uh, salvia, which is grown mainly in Central and South America, and it's actually the largest uh, genius in the mint family. And a number of species uh, species are uh, psychoactive, which means they can make you hallucinate. So salvia is used in the purification rituals of many Native American tribes. So they were all on this shit. That's why they saw them gods. And the uh, the uh, uh a lot of, a lot of shamans used these to incite hallucinations back in the day. Like I said, to talk to them gods. You got peyote, which is basically just a small spineless cactus, cactus, and that's actually native to uh, Texas and Mexico, and it's known for its psychoactive alkaloids if you notice the uh, common theme around here a lot of these other countries like to fucking trip guys they like to go on these trips and uh, it contains natural psychedelic which are the best ones and uh and that's and that substance it contains is mescaline and it's used as a ritualistic mind-altering substance as well as um, transcendent practices such as meditation so these people take it and they meditate Become calm. You got coca. And coca is one of four cultivated plants in the in the genus uh, Erythroxakaya. Fucking who cares? I hate the big word names for this shit. Just call it what it is, man. It's a coca leaf, bruh. And one of its uh, alkaloids, when concentrated, obviously we all know, is the illegal substance that we have illegal cocaine. But it's legal in a lot of other countries. But its growth, cultivation, and use uh, in its original form, like I said, is legal in countries such as Colombia and Bolivia, where it's used as a recreational stimulant. If you didn't know, Coca-Cola used to have Coke in it. Real Coke. That's why its name's Coke. We literally just turned... Um. Once we decided Coke was a drug, we used sugar for that natural sweetener instead of Coke. Coke wasn't a sweetener. And so we decided to use sugar instead. And if you look at someone's brain in an MRI scan or a CAT scan, when they're on Coke and when they're on sugar, it's the same. And they're both canes, guys. So cocaine and sugar, it's the same goddamn thing. It's just not as strong. So all you sugar fiends, guess what? You Coke fiends. Then you got a uh, uh, Datura, D-A-T-U-R-A, and it's found in North Africa and the Americas, and it's uh, popular with gardeners for its flowers. But it also has, you guessed it, hallucinogenic properties. It also contains a poisonous chemical such as, such as atropine, and so it can be fatal. So amounts of these toxins vary, making this plant especially dangerous. But guess what? Still legal in some countries. You got kava kava. And that's this little crop found in Oshina. And it's when it's chewed in its raw state. But it's more usually ground into a paste and mixed with hot water. And it's basically a, a sedative, like a painkiller. And a memory and it has some memory enhancing effects. So it helps with your brain a little bit. Cools you out, makes you sedated, and you got a little bit of pain, you chew this leaf, make a tea out of it. What's wrong with that? You got iboga. Right? And it's a it's like a rainforest shrub, which is native to Central Africa. And it's both it's used both ceremonially and recreational and has a potent psychiatric uh, psychedelic effect, like all of these do, as well as boosting the immune system. So it makes you trip a little bit, keeps you from getting sick. 
and it also can be used as a treatment to substance abuse. It's another natural substance abuse that gets you off them fucking man-made chemicals. Eat a plant. I'm cool with that. We all know cannabis. We all know that weed, which is obviously derived from the cannabis plant. Now it's been illegal in the in the UK since the 20s, bro. But a lot of places use it for anti-vomiting drug and cancer patients undergoing chemotherapy treatment in other countries, as well as helping those uh, suffering from multiple sclerosis. We just getting on we just getting on board here in America. You know, we got a handful of states now making medical uh, marijuana at least legal. Come on, Indiana, let's get on board. Let's get on board. Let's not be the last state again like we did for Sunday alcohol sales. Let's get on board real quick. But yeah, that's just a bunch. You know, there's a bunch of drugs. And another one that we're going to not get into today because I'm actually going to do a whole episode on this probably next week. And so it's a good lead into our next episode. And that's that DMT. We're going to go on a little DMT trip. I'm not going to do DMT. Come on, guys. But I'm, we're going to go on a little DMT trip ourselves and uh, divulge into what a lot of these people are, are saying is like, dude, basically like an out-of-world out, out experience. Like you actually go up and you can control it a little bit and you just have these talking with gods basically so we're going to go ahead and we're going to divulge into that that's going to take us right in the next episode guys so that'd be pretty cool uh we'll go ahead and probably put that one on the pencil that one in for the next episode on dmt all right guys catch you on the flip side Motherfuck that, man. We need some gangster shit in this motherfucker. Some of that soft shit. You know what I'm saying? Some of that shit from the desert. It was so you heard me? Here's another gangster down the ride. A t-shirt and Levi's is his only disguise. He represents the tank, yet hard to hit. Snoop Dogg and see murder with this gangster shit. Well, I'm see murder the one he talking about. Alright, guys. That's going to be all for episode 12, The Taboo in You. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was alright. Try to keep it around an hour for you guys. Stay tuned for episode 13. We just dabbled in it a little bit. We're going to talk about DMT. We're going to talk about psychedelic drugs in general. That should be a good, interesting episode. If you didn't care for this one too much, I apologize. I didn't like it that much. I'm not going to lie about it. Didn't want to say it in the intro because I didn't want to turn people off or give them a negative cognitation going into it. But I didn't like it. It was boring to me. Um, I almost didn't even put it out. I almost recorded a brand new one today, something totally different even, but I did it. Fuck it. Let's throw it out there. Some people might like it, and that's what we're about here. Um, other than that, man, let's go make sure you uh, are liking and subscribing those uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. Also, like and subscribe on any uh, platform you're listening to this on. Should know them by now. We're on like 10, 11 platforms, all the main ones. You can find us. You can Google us. We're there. Other than that, it's Thursday. The first NFL uh, kickoff is tonight, which means there's more games Sunday. Just go out, man. Have, have some food with your friends. Sit around. Watch that. Watch those games, even if, even if you're not that into it. And just be around the people that care about you. And try to block out some of the bullshit from the rest of the week and just be happy with what you got. All right. And other than that, man, let's, uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. This is Corey Caesar with chromatic distortion. This is episode 12. Um, the taboo in you All right, guys. I'll catch you on the flip side. Let's do it. Comes, I go get live with the honey. 
rolling down the street. I saw this girl when she was pumping. I winked my eyes, got into the ride, went to a club with jumping. Introduced myself as low, she said, you're a liar. I said, I got it going on, baby doll, and I'm on fire. Took it to the hotel. She said, you're the king, so be my queen, if you know what I mean. And let's do the wild thing. Wild thing. Wild thing. Shopping at the mall, looking for some gear to buy. I saw this girl, she gonna rock my world, and I had to adjust my fly. She looked at me and smiled and said, yeah, plans for the night? I said, hopefully if things go well, I'll be with you tonight. So we journeyed to a house, one thing led to another. I get in the door, I go hit the floor, looked up and it was a mother. I didn't know what to say, I was hanging by a string. She said, hey, you too, I was once like you, and I like to do the wild thing. To do the wild thing. Wild thing. Please, baby, baby, please. I see an effect. Hanging out is always hype. And with me and the crew leaving Shenzhen, I'm with a girl who's just my type. Saw this luscious little frame. I ain't lying, fella, she was fine. This sweet young Miss Cole gave me a kiss and I knew that she was mine. Took her to the limousine and still parked outside. I tipped the show for when it was over and I gave her my own ride. Didn't get her off my jock, she was like static cling. But that's what happens when body starts slapping from doing a wild thing. Wild thing. She wanted to do the wild thing. This fire chick was on my jock, so I said, what the heck? She wanted to come on stage and do a little dance. So I said, chill for now, and maybe later, you'll get your chance. So when the show was finished, I took her around the way. And what do you know, she was good to go, without a word to say. We was all alone, and she said, Tone, let me tell you one thing. I need $50 to make you holler. I get paid to do the wild thing. Say what? Yo, love you, boss, be kidding. Yo, walk you ready? Let's break out of here. I'm still a beast, out, baby. Wow. 